This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. We are here to talk about all things Tottenham. The transfer window is 12 days old. Spurs have already done a lot of business, a lot more than people expected, I'm sure. And of course, we will be previewing the Manchester United v Spurs game, which of course takes place on Sunday at Old Trafford in the Premier League. Now, we are live on X, Facebook and YouTube, so please do get involved. Give us your thoughts uh, ahead of the Manchester United game and your thoughts on the transfer window so far. As Per usual, I've got three very special guests. We've got a great lineup this evening. We've got Anthony Gazza King, co-host of the Same Old Spurs podcast. Gaz, great to have you here. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. It's great to be on the show, Chris. Everyone's smiling, and uh, you're smiling as well. And you know, there's a good feeling about about Spurs at the moment. We've got actor Jamie Kenner back with us as well. Jamie, how are you? I'm very well, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Lovely to be back as always. Always happy on a Friday night to get a cup of tea and chat all things Spurs. So, looking forward to it. Well, great to have you here. And, of course, we've got Andy Linden, uh, great actor. Andy Linden back with us. Andy, how are you? Oh, very peachy, guys. And uh, it's great to be in the Rose Garden that is Tottenham Monster. Well, when Andy's smiling, we know that everything is good. That is true. <laughs> um, Gaz, let's start the show with you. I'm going to ask you very, very simply, how are you feeling as a Spurs fan right now? Because we are day 12. Of course, we're going to get into detail about the signings we've made, the players that have gone out the door. But your overall feeling about Spurs right now, because, of course, Ange Postacoglu came in in the summer. Uh, at this stage of the season, 20 games gone, 18 to go. We're sitting one point away from top four, six points away from top. We seem to be getting transfer business done early and everyone is smiling, as I keep saying. But how are you feeling? I'm on earth, I'm in cloud nine, mate. I think it's absolutely fantastic what's going on at the club. You've got to look at not just, not just the ins, but the outs over the last 12 months, Chris. Yeah. Now, Tottenham were at a point where we was going, how are we going to shift some of these bodies? I think in the last 12 months, we've got rid of seven players, all, all players surplus for, to requirements for me. 
And I just think everything seems to be going in the right direction. And it is down to one man. And it's that man who stands on the sideline, Ange Postecoglou, just a catalyst and everything. It's not too often that you see two big players in Werner and the new lad coming in and picking Tottenham Hotspur over Manchester United, in Werner's case, and Bayern Munich. Um, things are changing. Tottenham are on the up. We've got a load of good players at the football club, more than a few. And I think we're building, building and building. And it, over the next couple of windows, I can only see us even getting even stronger, mate, to be honest. Guys, what have you made of Spurs so far this season, the football we've played under Ange? I thought we started off fantastically. I thought we found our rhythm. I thought we had his, he had his starting eleven. I thought James Madison was a catalyst and everything good that we were doing. The link up between him and Son, the two centre-halves were fantastic. The introduction of a Dougie at left-back, the goalkeeper's been unbelievable. I could go on and go on, Chris. But obviously, yeah. it's been a little bit wobbly at times because we've had injuries, we've picked up suspensions. But to still be in the mix and only six points off the top, Christmas just gone, with obviously a window open that we've acted on and done business in quickly, it's fantastic. And like I, I think Tottenham are bang in the mix. I really, really do. But it's a big game on Sunday. I'm sure we get on to that. In the mix for what? The title. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, you what, what, I know you laugh. And, and, and we're four minutes. We're four minutes in. I was going to go there actually, guys, later on in the show. But we're four minutes in. You've gone straight in there for it. We're yeah. in the title race. But, but how can how can you say that we're not? You look at the you you look at our squad that we've got now. Look at the players that have left the club. Obviously, it's key that we get our best players back, injury free. People stay obviously clear of suspension. But we're only six points off the leaders. You look at Arsenal where they are at the minute as a football club. Falling off a little bit. We're only, they're only one point ahead of us. So, yeah, you've got to be confident. And uh, that's what it's all about, isn't it, as a fan? You've got yep. to be confident. You've got to try and aim high. And I think Tottenham, look, we're in the mix of it. And we look, we're in the mix for the top four at least. But can you go a little bit one further? I think stranger things have happened in football, mate. You know that. Yeah, I don't want to get too carried away, though, Gaz. That, I'm, something's just telling me, don't get too carried away. I'm very excited and I'm very happy. Don't get me wrong, but... Jamie, let's come to you. How are you feeling? And, uh, you know, what Gaz just said there about being in a title race. Do you believe we are? Well, I should exchange my tea for whatever he's drinking because I'll have, I'll have a little cup of that. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> no, listen, I, I mean, mathematically, and I think we're obviously we're in it. But for me, compared to where I thought we would be, and I'm, I came on very early in the season to this podcast, and I was really optimistic and I loved how we set up when we had a full fit squad and Madison was doing his thing. And, I, you know, I was I was incredibly optimistic <coughs> and just, just happy that we had a bit of identity, happy that we finally had a team we could buy into. But not only that, a team that looked like they were buying into themselves, having been through the drops that we've been through the last few seasons. Did I expect to be sitting here in January as optimistic? I don't know, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by how optimistic I am, considering what he's had to deal with, injuries, uh, you know, like the depleted squad that we've had. I think the fact that we are still there and we are where we are and we can seriously or not seriously talk about us being in the title race, um, I think it's incredible. And what a brilliant time and how well-deserved for us Spurs fans that have been through so much crap in the last few seasons. Yeah. So why not dream? Why not dream? But for me, I think top. I've, I've exchanged... An FA Cup win for anything. I've said that to you before. Um, a day out of Wembley, lifting that trophy, just to give us fans and give those players and give that club what it deserves is some silverware. 
um, shut the noisy neighbours up across the road and, and we can finally move on. But if we finish in the top four, look at what's just happened in that transfer market. You know, we're being picked over, as Gaz has just said, we're being picked over Man United, more importantly, Bayern Munich, mm. I think, um, because there's one there's one reason, and that's Ange. Everyone's buying into Big Ange. They're buying into the style of play. So if we get in the top four and we're in the Champions League, who's he going to be able to attract then? If he's yeah. already convincing these top European players to choose us over with no European football, with nothing, with potentially not even qualifying for Europe next season if the wheels come off, He's selling them a dream and he's selling them a style of football that they're buying into. So imagine if he's gone, right, we are actually in the Champions League. We can offer this. Then who's going to come? Because he's got that infectious personality. So for me, like, you know, the future is very bright, I think. And I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. And I'm so happy that this is my third time or ever on the show. And even though I was at the Burnley game and it was dire and it's probably the worst that we've played all season. And it was, you know, they were awful Burnley. And I thought, oh, no. But back in the day, we would have lost that 1-0. But, you know, we dug deep. Pedro scored an absolute worldie. And on we marched. So, it's, you know, the optimism remains, which is great. And, of course, we put the strongest possible eleven out that we haven't done under, under a manager for some time. So, yeah. that was very pleasing to see. Um, yeah. Andy, let's come to you. Um, of course, the last podcast you were on, Melvin was telling you that... Uh, we were going to win the Premier League, and now Gaz is doing it. How are you feeling about it? Uh, Gaz, I admire your confidence. Uh, look, everything, as you guys have said, Jamie, Gaz, I agree completely. Everything is falling into place. Uh, we've got the manager. We've even got a chairman now that's uh, seriously willing to um, put his hand in his very, very, very deep pockets, <laughs> and uh, which is good. And I think the chairman, I may have said this before, but I think he's learned a lesson here through the past. Yes, it, it's all going well. We're all highly delighted and wildly ecstatic as well and, and with every justification. Um, yeah, it is. And yeah, I am a little cautious. Um, you know, I've got a tenor at Ladbrokes, uh, 500 to 1 at the, um, well, the... <laughs> <laughs> what will go down with long COVID? Um, it's worth more than a tenner, isn't it? Well, 500 to one, yeah, that'll do me. <laughs> yeah, um, it's bound to happen <laughs> if it's only gate can happen, so can COVID. But, um, joking apart, um, it's really good at the moment, guys, to be a Tottenham fan. I, yeah, um, the amount of People now, fans I'm seeing now with Tottenham, all the, all the regalia on, walking around the high street. I mean, to me, that says it all. You know, that is a pure sign that, you know, things are looking up. And they are. Can we win the league? Look, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But um, I think next season, uh, with a few more buys, and I have, to, I have to say, a lot of the boys, uh, summer window was hugely uh, successful. But next season, I think we really will challenge for the uh, title. And who knows, a season or two more, and we will truly be the much nuts. Guys, let's go to you. Yeah, go on, go on, yeah. So, for me, here we are, January, like mid-January. Big Ange has come in. With a hell of a task on his hands, you know, we're, we're a massive club 
and we we want and we expect um, when we've been hurt. We've had a couple of really dodgy relationships. He has been he has been set tests all the way through since he's arrived, and he has passed them all with flying colours. That and the transfer window is yet another one because we didn't know how he was going to do in the transfer window when he's had a few months with the squad, and how's he going to? And he has not. What I love is he's not messed about. He's not gone. We're not linked with this player, that player. We've been linked with players. We've got them. That's it. Um, he's not. He doesn't mince his words. He doesn't mess about his press conferences. He believes in a style of football. He sticks to it. Even when we go down, we lose players. You know. And he says, he said himself, if we go down to five men, we still have a go. So at every given turn, he's being tested, and he's absolutely ripping up the test paper and moving on. So that's why we're optimistic. That's why we can talk about winning the league and all that. He's just, he's knocking it out of the park for me. Wherever we finish, whatever happens, he's come in and he is, you know, he's infectious. He's infectious. His desire, his his absolute kind of bloody mindedness, if you will, of how he's going to play, how he's going to set up, and he's he's even conducting his business like that. I think it's so impressive. He's so ruthless. Impressive. He's ruthless as well, isn't he, Jamie? He's not afraid to yeah. make calls. He'll make them. Yeah. Already with Eric Dyer and people like that. If you if you're not if you're not ready, if you if you can't play the way that he wants us to play, you're going to have to move on. That's how it is, and that's how it should be, and that's refreshing for Spurs and Spurs fans. Yeah, and and if you'd have said to me a couple of years, whenever Werner was at, at Chelsea, you can have Timo Werner, I'd have literally said you can absolutely keep him. But <laughs> because Ange has gone in, and because Ange has gone, he's the man I want him. I'm now really excited about having Timo Werner because I'm suddenly going. I think I can see him turning into a player. He's quick, Definitely. you know. He has. He's got a little goal in him. I think he's a confidence player. But that pace, and he's going to suit the way that Ange wants to play. So, for me, I buy into Ange's philosophy so much that if he goes to, to buy a player that I don't think much or I've not rated, I'm going to I'm going to rip show me because I, I believe that he can get the best out of anyone. If he chooses uh, you and you go, right, you are my man, I think yeah. he's that good a man manager. I think I'm really excited to see how Timo Werner gets on now. Absolutely. I can even see him getting the winner at Man United on Sunday, but we'll come on yeah. to that. You've been drinking yeah. the same thing I have, Chris, didn't you? I reckon I have. I reckon I have. And I think we're in the, you know, the right place, actually, guys. Um, so, so far, 12 days gone of the transfer window. Um, you know, Ange has said many times that he wanted business done early. Of course, we've got two players in, Timo Werner and uh, Radu Dragusin. Um, six players out, albeit that a few of them are development players, but Larice, Dyer, Phillips, Craig, um, Keeley and Spence. Um, guys, Timo Werner, um, when this story came out and it broke that Spurs were about to go in for Timo Werner, a loan from RB Leipzig, option to buy for around 17 million euros, he has come out and said, I'm here to win titles. What are your thoughts on Timo Werner? Because as Jamie said there, you know, a lot of people, you know, particularly other um, fans of other Premier League clubs, saying this is never going to work out. This is a terrible signing. But it seems a low risk very clever signing to me, the fact that he is alone. He wants to play at the Euros in the summer. He's very, very hungry. We know that he can score goals. We know that he can assist. And most importantly, we know that he's a versatile player that Ange absolutely loves. He can play on the left, right, through the middle. Your thoughts on Timo Werner? I think Jamie touched on it perfectly there. I think that if it weren't this manager in charge, you're probably going, would you have been excited if this was an, if he'd come in under Antonio Conte, for example? Probably not as much. I think this manager just... just well, it, it is, isn't, that, isn't that another thing, Gaz? The fact that he is making the decisions. Because when you go... I know we could probably talk about Jed Spence, but when you think about Jed Spence, club signing, he used that term so often. 
and Andrew's picking the players. Isn't that a major change at the football club? You've only got to look at the way that Tottenham have acted in this window already. We yeah. do business in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. It's done on the last on the last couple of days, the last hours. So obviously yeah. there's the big change there. He, he's gone in and insisted he wants things done early. As for yeah. Timo Werner, look, he's only 27 years of age, wants to go to the Euros, got a point to prove. You look at him already on the clips online. He looks like he's a he, he's, he's the type of character that will fit in with the group fantastically. I think Andrew's already alluded to that. Look, yeah. if we can, look, he's got 95 goals, I think, in 159 games for Leipzig in his first spell. If you can get anywhere near that guy, you've got a top top player. But look, he's got he, look, he's got loads of pace. He can play in a number of positions off the left through the middle. Look, it's gonna it's, and and it's, it's just a wild card. If he's no good after six months, you send him back. And, and I'm not being funny. You look at the fee that's tied around that we can get him for if he does do the business. What is it? 15 to 20 million pounds? Nothing for a player yeah. at this day and age. And look, I think it's I think it's a win-win for Tottenham. And I think he'll go straight into the team, Chris. We'll get onto that, I suppose, a little bit later. But I do really think he'll get slung straight in there, Old Trafford. Yeah, really we, are drinking the, we are drinking the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got to remember as well, this is it for Vern. I mean, I know he's only 27, but if he if this doesn't go well, that's done. He's yeah. done for a big yeah. money move. He's done for a big European move. He's done in the national team, so he's got a load to prove. So so Andrew's that it's a it's a cracking bit of business, absolute yeah. cracking bit of business. Like you say, Gaz says you can send him back if not, but I think he needs someone to put his arm around him. He's a confidence player. Also, well, I will say this: we are brilliant. Spurs historically are brilliant at signing players that everyone else wants and turning them crap. So it'd be quite nice to sign someone everyone thinks is crap and then turn them good. That'd be that'd be a nice little spin around for us. <laughs> well, Jamie, I've been saying all week, if if Timo Werner can be half as good as our last German striker, of course, Jürgen Klingsmann, we are in for some very, very special times. Um, Andy, before we get your thoughts on Timo Werner, let's hear from Andy Postacoglu um, and, um, on why he brought Timo Werner to the club. Well, again, I thought it was just a real good opportunity uh, for us, um, you know, when it was presented to me, you know, for the new year that um, we kind of knew, particularly with with Sonny going away for such a, a period of time, and <coughs> you know we still felt we we probably needed another player in the front third. And whilst you know centre back was a priority, if, if a good opportunity came, um, you know we wanted to move fairly quickly. And again, you know, I had a good chat to Johan about it, and he, I thought Timo would be a really good fit for us um, stylistically. Um, certainly has the attributes we look for. In, player in that space he can play all three positions which adds kind of some real depth for us and, <coughs> and quality in the front third and uh, and again you know after I had a chat to him uh, you know he's he's really motivated he, he really likes you know the opportunity that you know Tottenham can give him in terms of where he's at in his career and I think it, it can add to us as a, um, you know as a group. Andy, and Postacoglu said there he thinks it's going to be a good fit in this team. Um, Werner himself said, I thought straight away, that it is the perfect fit. So they've pretty much said exactly the same thing. Where do you think Werner does fit in into this team? While Son's away, do you think he's going to come in on the left and, and start against Manchester United? Uh, yeah, now, first and foremost, uh, I couldn't get the volume up on the uh, laptop. And the problem there is that there was no subtitles. So, so, you um, didn't, so you didn't hear a word I've of it. lost that completely. For all I know, he's probably said, what have I gone and bought? 
What have I gone and bought now? But um, no, I think Burner's got something to prove, as the guys are saying. Look, it's a free hit. I couldn't hear what he said at all, no, uh, but um, as I say, it's a free hit. Um, it's quick. One thing I will say uh, about Ange is that he's got great man management skills. And, and he's brought players in that we've all had a little question mark over. Look how Royal slightly improved. I mean, I know I'm veering off here a little bit, but, um, you know, when Royal came in, I, I, I just, I don't know about you guys, but I was uh, wildly gobsmacked, uh, shocked, really, uh, that, you know, we sent to buy all these terrible Brazilians. But, look, um, you know, he's really working out. Uh, I dare say Werner will. Um, as I say, I'm being repetitive, but the guy's got something to prove. Uh, and look, if it doesn't work out, what have we lost? If it does, uh, as Gaz is saying, you're looking at pulling an half mil. Um, what can he bring? Well, uh, we can play wide, and you've all talked about the versatility. And I do believe he, he could have a goal. He could have a goal in him. Um, well, he scored in a Champions League with memory serves me right. Um, so, yeah, look, I just feel at the moment everything that Ange does seems to work. Uh, and I'm just hoping he don't get an hamstring. Yeah. Guys, let's come to you on the position of Timo Werner. Of course, we know he can be versatile, but for this game against Manchester United, I know we'll talk about it later on, but um, you've already said you expect him to come in. Yeah. On the left-hand side, do you think that he will play the majority of the time at Spurs on the left-hand side? Um, not necessarily, because I think the, uh, I think Richarlison needs to shape up a little bit as well, right? because I think he's too reliant on service that has to be laid on the plate to him. So he needs to shape up because, look, I think Werner will start off the left at the weekend because the Celso's picked up a hamstring injury. So you'd probably see Kulisevsky used in the 10 with Brennan Johnson off the right with Richarlison and Werner. Um, I don't like Richarlison off the left. Uh, personally, I don't think that's worked mm. in the past. So I prefer to see him through the middle. And then, yeah, and then there'll probably be two behind them, whether it be Ben Sankor and Hoybiog or Ben Sankor and Skip. But yeah, fully expect him to start off the left. He's got he's going to have a bundle of pace. He's going to be a real problem for Manchester United. And I hopefully Spurs can feed him the ball every opportunity because I think he'll be chomping at the bit to prove a point. Um, I think we're, I think the team really picked itself at the weekend, Chris. You think about yeah. it, the people that are available. We've got so many players to come back. You think of it, all the captains are not there at the weekend. Yeah. Don, the vice-captain in Romero and Madison. So we've got so many options to come back. And I still think that's a really, really strong team that's going to go up there. It'll just be interesting to see who plays at centre-half. But... I'm sure you'll probably get on to that as well, Chris. Guys, you mentioned Richarlison there. Um, are you fully on um, board with Richarlison now? Five goals in his last five Premier League games. Um, no. Do you think he's turned a corner? No. I think that Richarlison, if you put it in an area to him and he can get himself in the right position, he can nick you a goal. But I just don't think his all-round play is good enough for Tottenham. If Tottenham want to kick on, that's an area that they'll look at again, in my opinion. Look, a, judge, a forward's judged on goals, but when he's not scoring goals, it's, you're immediately going to look at the other play in his game. And I just think that there's not too much of it. I just You never really see him around the edge of the box, little give and go, bend one in the top mm. corner, not his type of game. But 
I'm, I'm just, I just think that if Spurs want to want to improve down the road, then that's one of the areas that they're going to be looking at, mate, for sure. Jamie, this comes to you, of course. Um, Radu Dragushin um, has been announced. Um, is expected to go straight into the squad for the Manchester United game on Sunday. €30 million Euros plus €5 million Euros add-ons uh, from Genoa. Six-year deal until 2030. Um, and just finally got his man. This is the guy that he wanted. And uh, what I love about Ange is the fact that he FaceTimes and, and calls these players and you know finds out about their personality. It's all about personality for him. It's funny because it seems such a, a simple, basic thing to do. But a lot of managers don't do the basics like yeah. this. But, um, of course, he's got his man that he wanted, um, Dragusin. Um, your thoughts on the signing? I think, well, I mean, as with anything, it remains to be seen. But I'll go back to what I said about the signing of Werner. And, and even more so with this guy. I mean, look at Van der Ven. You know, Van der Ven, uh, you know, there was a problem. I'm not saying no one had heard of him and I'm not saying that no one was interested but they weren't no one was beating down the door you know we didn't beat off Bayern Munich and Real Madrid's and all that and look at what we've signed you know and what a hole he's left you know so I again I in hands we trust so um if, if Bayern Munich are coming in and trying to sabotage this deal you know he's a player he, he's look at his stats from Syria you know he's right at the top of the table for headed chances for clearances for recovery tackles all of that he's right up there in all of those stat tables so um and <coughs> it, there has been another center half of a top knot that's played for another club that's looked pretty good so why can't we have our one so i think really exciting it's perfect timing uh van der ven coming back you know romero's still out davis getting injured um i think he'll go straight in i think he'll go straight in and i think he should go straight in he's obviously been playing he's fit so, so why not? Massive gain. That's what he signed for us for, for massive gains. You know, he looks confident. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. I, I, like I said, whoever Anne signs, for me, he hasn't messed about. This is, like I said, it's another test for him, this transfer market. And there's no panic, you know. And, and going back to what Andy said about uh, Royale, I thought we panicked for Pedro Porro. And I was not having him, I have to say. But the turnaround in Pedro Porro yeah. under yeah. this manager, it's another example of yeah. him making yeah. what I thought was a panic buy because Conti was trying to spend a bit of money or divert attention, whatever he was doing. And you've got a, a guy who can go forward, but absolutely awful at defending. I mean, it was it was shocking. His first few games, I was like, what has happened here? And now look at him. Now look at what Andrew's done with him. Putting an arm around him, giving him the licence to go and play the way he plays. So whoever he signs... I'm gonna, I'm gonna back, and I'm gonna be excited about. Jamie, what have you made of uh, Radu Dragusin's agent and the comments that he's been coming out with, uh, particularly on, um, you know, he wants Barcelona and he wants Real Madrid, and he he said this even before yeah. it was announced by Spurs that he'd signed for us. Well, uh, what's interesting is uh, no figures have been published, but I was thinking about that, and he's come out publicly as agent and gone, you know, we were shocked that he turned down Bayern to go to Spurs. Yeah. Now, if an agent is saying that, because in my line of work, and Andy will back me up, you know, your agents are trying to push you towards the jobs that pay you the most money because that's how they get their money. Um, and you're trying to go, well, no, 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 I want to go and do this play because I love the play. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, you could do these three lines in a TV series and earn four times the amount of money. But for us to get him over Bayern and his agent to be kicking off, I, I believe then that's not about money. 
which then makes me even more assured that he's come to us because he's bought into what Ange has told him and Ange yeah. believes in what he can do with us. So that fills me with more excitement than we just nicked it. We just nicked him off buying because we paid more money or we've given him a bigger signing bonus or we bought him a house somewhere. He's come to us because he's bought into what Big Ange has said to him. For his FaceTimes or however he does it, he's he's like an old school, like Sunday morning park manager. Come play for me, you know. And he's infectious, and that's what he's done. And that proved it. The fact that his agent's got the ump because he's not got an extra 10, 20% by him going to Bayern because he's playing in the Champions League. No, this kid's gone, no, 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 I want. that's where I want to go. I'm going to go to Spurs because I, I see us being there. So it's massive credit, massive, massive credit. Uh, and to Levy as well, I guess you, you've got a, and I think Andy's right, that Levy's obviously learned from mistakes and trying to paper over the cracks by getting these marquee managers which I don't think any of us ever wanted. I certainly didn't. And he's gone, all right. But now he's gone, I'm going to back you because we've got something special. So, you know, I think it's all, everything's everything's clicking and ticking. It's it's, it's nice to see. Refreshing. A couple, a couple of you now have mentioned Daniel Levy. Um, Andy, let's come to you on this one because when you look on social media, normally the chairman and the hierarchy at Tottenham are being heavily slated for what they haven't done or what they have done. Um, but this last week or so, particularly since we've signed Radu Dragusin, um, there have been a lot of praise for, for Daniel Levy and the hierarchy and uh, and the way that we have conducted ourselves in the uh, two transfer windows so far under Postacoglu. Um, what do you think has changed in, in, the, in the background? Because, of course, there has been a number of personnel changes. Um, and I know you guys have already said, you know, it's a, it's a massive change that Ange Postacoglu is in. Uh, but it can't all, all be down to him. It, it, it must be a collective, surely. Absolutely. Look, yes, um, the, there has been this sort of civil war on social media regarding Enoch and Daniel Levy. Um, and the reason for that, I think, is you've only got to look at the history. You know, uh, I do, you know, I'm not a Levy or Enoch fan, but I I recognise who they are, what they are, and they're going nowhere. Um, we're talking as we are now, which is great, like this great warm feeling, of this lovely peachy cloud of optimism. We were there with Potch. We were there with Potch. But that took time. When we finished runners-up, in 2018, I do believe it was seven points, unbeaten at home, effing unheard of. Four games, we uh, we lost four games that season. The end of the season, when we should have consolidated, we bought one player, Sanchez. Within two or three seasons, as you full well know, we went two transfer windows without buying anyone. Not only did it stop us, it set us back a few seasons. I'm just echoing what fans were saying. Yeah. But I, I, as I said earlier on, I think Levy has learned his lesson. I'd like to think that anyway. Um, and right, he's brought in, um, you know, uh, 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 Mum and one or two others. Full credit to him for bringing um, Angie in as well. It's down to him. Full credit for him and Mum. Again, uh, sorting out that deal. They were up till 3 .00 in the morning, apparently. Yeah. But uh, I'll learn to Jamie about uh, Dragusin. I, I just feel that the kid has got 
it seems to me the kid has got integrity. Because um, as Jamie was saying, look, an agent, their idea is, as Jamie has said, get you the biggest deal possible, you know. Uh, the bigger the deal, the bigger the cut the agent gets. But he, he, he wasn't going to have any of that. He said, no, I want Tottenham. And he's decided that his football development will be at Spurs. And that is to be admired. And that is a rarity. So, yeah, well, look, um, Levy's doing the right thing at the moment. And long may it continue. Gaz, is the exciting thing for you the fact that Ange is getting exactly what he wants so early on in the transfer window? Because it just seems that the excitement is because everything seems to be coming together at once. And are you surprised that it has happened so quickly uh, with Postacoglu here? You know, he's only been here six, seven months and, and so much has changed. I think that I think that you've only got to look at the brand of football and where the fans are as well. Or as that though, that if the, the chairman's got to pay attention to that, do you know what I mean? And he will be paying attention to that. Things are going in the right direction. Tottenham needed to bring in reinforcements, by the way. Like, well, you can't yeah. keep, you can't keep slinging out Royale and Ben Davis as a partnership and sort of sort of hoping that everything's going to work out in your favour. So fair play to Tottenham; they have acted. It's an area that Tottenham needed to go in again for some time now, really, strengthening that centre-half. And now you're looking at it, and we've got three top-draw centre-halves in Dragusin, Romero, Van der Ven. Um, and it's fantastic, mate. And look, I, you keep hearing little murmurs about the midfield area. That, they, they, they're looking around in that area because you're looking at Hoybjerg. He obviously wants out. He's been going on that. It's been dragging on a little while, that one, isn't it? Whether he's going to leave or not. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if something happened in that area before the end of the window as well. Not at all. Guys, just on Radu Dragusin, how pleased are you that Spurs actually got this one over the line? Because there, there was a little bit of a scare that the fact that Bayern Munich did come in, they offered more money, they eventually rejected it. But, you know, to, to show real intent about what Andrew's trying to do and what we're trying to do as a football club to move forward, um, how much, you know, of a signing do you think this is? Like, how, how great it is? Because, and also, when all three of them are fit, who, who are the chosen two? I think only time will tell in that one. Um, what I do think that's fantastic for Tottenham is the amount of money that we're paying for players. Yeah. Barra Charleston and Ndombele, which are in the 60 millions, you're picking up left-backs for 20 million. The goalkeeper for 17 million pounds, the goalkeeper. It's unbelievable. You're looking at 30 million in this centre-half. What could he be worth in a couple of years if he kicks on? So I think the money that we're spending on the players is fantastic. It's the right amount. Um, but look, yeah, it's, 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 uh, for me, I'm a massive fan of Romero. Well, I, I think when he's at it, there's not too many that get close to him. Um, yeah. it's, it's interesting today because he gets a lot of stick, but he's picked up. You look at someone like Virgil van Dijk, who people rave about as being this and that. He's got the same amount of red cards as Virgil van Dijk this season, and he's committed exactly the same amount of fouls. But Romero's looked at as upon as an absolute villain, which he's, he's obviously got a bit of nastiness this game, but no one really talks about that in van Dijk. But look, that's just a side thing. But for me, when Romero's at it, there's no one better than him for me. But he's got to be consistent and he's got to be more reliable on the pitch because Tottenham need him. And you can't keep going down to 10 men in games. be interesting to see whether that, that, that vulnerability he's got in his game he can sort of eradicate because there's no doubt he's a top player there, mate. World Cup winner, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, Jamie, let's come to you. Before before we do, um, we're just going to hear from Ange Postacoglu again. Andy, you'll be absolutely delighted. This clip has got subtitles, so if you can't hear it, you'll be able to read it. Uh, he, talk, he, talk, he talks about um, the board, 
um, and everyone at the club, including himself, all being aligned. It's easier said than done because um, whilst we may have a desire to do things early, you know, we, you've got to have all parties agreeing to that, you know, clubs and players, and it's not easy to do, particularly in January. Um, but I think the key thing for us was, you know, from the chairman to, as I said, Johan, his team, Scott, myself, we were all pretty, we're all very aligned in, you know, what we wanted to do, and we got our targets early, and then so it wasn't a matter of sort of chasing down too many things it was pretty clear what we were trying to do and if it didn't happen then we'd move on but um, I think the fact that we we're all sort of aligned and really clear on sort of what our objectives were allowed us to you know sort of be sitting here now with two players in which is great um, not so much for Sunday but we know we've got a two-week break which means you know we get at least a couple of weeks working with the lads to, to get them up to speed and, and then hopefully by then we get some of the injured blokes back and um, you know, a couple of weeks later, we'll get the international guys back and hopefully that means we're in, we're in good shape because we brought the lads in early. Jamie, being aligned and uh, having good recruitment at the football club now, um, do you think the Spurs will bring in any more uh, before the end of Jan? Was that a question for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think, I don't think there's a... A panic. I don't think we're going to, if the players that he wants aren't available or players that he doesn't see fit aren't available, are available, I don't think he'd go out and go, oh, okay, we'll just get them and, and bring them in. So, but I wouldn't be surprised. And as, as Gaz said, you may be in that midfield area, maybe possibly another defender, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that being said, we've loaned out a few. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we do a little bit more business. If it's if it's there, I mean they're still they're still talking about Gallagher, aren't they? That's still being mooted. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I don't. I think that's. But again, it depends not, on price. It depends on. Not a fan. You know. I'm with you on that. I'm with him on that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not a fan. He doesn't set my world alight. I don't. I don't think he's someone that I, we're like. It's weird. Timo Werner. I never thought I'd say this, but. I'm excited about him being with us, which is bizarre. But I, I can see, I can, I can see how he fits. I can see what he's going to bring. I can see Ange looking at him, going, Do "You know what? I can work with this kid. He's got loads of attributes, and we can, we can really utilise his his attributes." I don't know where, you know, especially if Madison's fit. I don't, I don't really see what. I mean, Gallagher's obviously decent, but I don't think he's. I mean, Chelsea are not doing well. He's not, you know, he's not tearing it up, is he? Um, they loaned him out. I, I just don't think he's someone we particularly need. If the price is right and we can get a deal of a century, then yeah, maybe he's he's, he's a half decent player. But you know, look at what's happened to Mason Mount going to United, and I just I don't really see it. So I don't think that's going to be one that we're going to absolutely bust our gut to get over the line, like the Dragusin one, where he's obviously got he's got his man. We desperately need a top quality centre half. As Gaz said, I think he looks like he's someone could literally turn into a. 60 80 million pound center half in the space of a few months. Um, I don't see that with Gallagher, so yeah. I mean, in answer to your question, I wouldn't be surprised if we do any more business, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. Chris, do you mind if I just ask one question? Go on, just in that subject in the midfield area, there obviously yeah. we've got players that are out with the two lads away at the AFCON in Basuma and Saar. 
Where are you at with Hoybjerg or Skip? Now, obviously, Hoybjerg looks like he wants to leave the club. But Skip seems to be getting a nod at the minute in games. He played, obviously, the last game. Like, for me, like, it has to be Hoybjerg over Skip at the minute. Kind of like, where are we at? And is that just me, or is that no? I, 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 I had a row with someone. At the, I literally had a row with someone at the bar at the Burnley game about this very subject. I, I think Skips. I think Skips is he's a, he's a clubman. He'd win Clubman of the Year if it was the under twelves. I think <laughs> he's uh, he loves the club. He'd come on do a job, but no. Not, I think he's not I, got enough quality, and I think Hoiberg, although Hoiberg has got his his faults, and people will you know question him, but out of the yeah. two, he brings that little bit more, yeah, that little him. bit more bite, the little bit he you know uses the ball a little bit better, his recovery is better, you know, uh, and I don't think either of them are the long term answer, but if you're choosing out of the two for me, Hoiberg all day long. Yeah, I agree. I think when you look at when um, Pierre Mihoibier walks down the tunnel at the end of a game, everyone's celebrating a win and he is the first one down the tunnel on his own. Um, after every home game, um, or even after every away game, I put a video out um, of the players coming over to the fans and the, and the players walking off the pitch and down the tunnel. And Hoybier, it is so obvious, Gaz, he does not want to be there. He wants to move away. Whether that's anything to do with it, I, 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 it just looks like his um, body language is completely different to everybody else's. And it looks like that everybody else is celebrating. And the only two players that didn't ever celebrate with the rest of the team and looked very awkward was Eric Dyer, who, of course, has gone out the door, and Pierre Mihoibier. So that's probably why Oliver Skip is probably getting nod because Oliver Skip is Tottenham through and through. You know, I remember watching him as a 17-year-old playing in the under-23s uh, at the time. I know it's the under-21s now, but it was under-23s. He was the best player on the pitch by a mile. And the, some of these other guys were, were six years older than him. Obviously, um, we're talking about Spurs moving forward. You know, what Ange Postacoglu does in the future is another thing. Um, and I agree with what you've said about, you know, perhaps them two players are not the future and perhaps they will go out the door at some point. But, you know, we're only in the second transfer window. And I think personally, if Spurs are going to do any more business, it will be a centre midfielder yeah. uh, with Hoybier then possibly going out the door probably in the last week of the window. That's my prediction. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because Crystal Palace are interested now in Oliver Skip. But I think Spurs are quite reluctant at the moment to let him either go out on loan or, or a permanent deal. But, you know, come the summer, I think that the situation again at the football club will be assessed, reviewed and... Uh, and, and we'll be sitting here smiling again because we've probably done a lot more business and, and let a few more players go out the door. But I think it's just one step at a time. But the Man United game, I do actually expect Skip to play. Are we still drinking the same drink, Gaz? For me, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if I saw him play there. And I don't know what you're talking about, Hoybjerg, with maybe obviously the way he's conducting himself off the pitch. He wants out, head down the tunnel. He hasn't shown a lack of professionalism on the pitch. I agree. I and agree. Yeah. And that and that is what matters, Chris. And I'm yeah. looking at the but, two at the minute. I'm looking at the two at the minute and I'm going, who would I rather play up at Old Trafford? But but That'll I think it's game. very but I think it's very, very important. And this is exactly the same situation with Dyer. When you've got a player that it's quite obvious that they don't want to be there, are they buying in? to what the manager wants. I, I completely agree with you about the professionalism. Every time Hoybier has been called upon, um, he's done a job. He's done an exceptional job for Ange. Um, but when someone doesn't want to be there, do you continue using them? If they're performing on the pitch, I would say so, yeah. And I think at the minute he's doing that. Like, what, look, not 
we all know he's not the answer. Jamie's touched on it. He's not the future. We've got two lads at the Africana that are in front of him when they come back. But if you're picking a team now and, and, and off recent, it's not just the way that where he's at. It's the performance levels of Oliver Skip. There's no mm. doubt he's shot in confidence at the minute. Like uh, He's not playing well with any. He's not playing well at all. So if I had to pick one or one or the other, it'd have to be Hoiberg. But I think you're right, Chris. I think because of the reasons you've touched on, Skip will play up at Old Trafford. I really do think that. Yeah. Um, Andy, let's come to you because, of course, Eric Dyer's gone out the door to Bayern Munich. Many people were <laughs> are quite surprised by this move. Somehow that, you know, Ange didn't want him at Tottenham and somehow he got some game time because of that game against Chelsea, uh, injury suspensions and, and so on. Um, but somehow he's got a move to Bayern Munich and, uh, you know, we'll probably see him lift a trophy or two at the end of the season. What do you make of this move for him? I think it's probably a good move for him. You know, he's a... I think he's going to have some company there. Somebody else who can speak English. Um, so, yeah, he'll have his uh, cane up there. Uh, you know, so that'll be good. They'll tell him what's a favourite banger and all that. And I do like a sausage. German. <laughs> <laughs> like phallic, but so yeah, that um, look, Dyer. Uh, I think it's fine. Look, you know, like you were talking, you're you all talking about Skip. Dyer was a club man. Um, I mean, you know, uh, uh, again, he gave gave his all. I always thought he had somewhat of a limited game. Really, uh, his distribution wasn't great. He wouldn't. He didn't always read the game, and he had. This habit of switching off could ball watch rather than uh, track players. Uh, but he, look, he could do well out there, or he, or he may just be a squad player. Um, but uh, yeah, look, we've unloaded him. Um, Regarding Hoybier and Skip, well, I think you're right. Skip will play. Um, I saw him as a youngster and was impressed. Uh, then we're going to away to Crystal Palace. We when we got beat, we were an eighteen-year-old kid. Dyer at the time, who was captain, was hiding. This kid wanted to show all the time, and I like that about him. Um, I actually think he had that long injury, and he's never been the same since. But I look at as a mate of mine's a Southampton fan, and I hope you good player gets stuck in can well he can uh, pick a pocket. He didn't have one, though. His distribution leaves a lot to be desired. Um... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Will he go at the end of uh, this month? I don't know. All I do know regarding midfielders at the moment, we can't afford to lose anyone. We're at the bare bones at the moment. Unless we bring one in, I, I don't 
see us selling anything. Although I, I don't know about Gallagher, but aren't we looking at kids um, for the uh, future, young defensive midfield players at the minute? For uh, well, I've been reading for, for regarding. Um, There's a couple, yeah, Tom Walton Perry. and Hackney, yeah. Walton, the boy from Blackburn, another lad from Plymouth. And what I like about it, we, we are creating a young team, or young squad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've got in the centre-half, we've got Dorrington and Phillips, two 18-year-olds. We've got a 16-year-old Croatian kid who they're raving about. So I think our centre-half centre position, anyway, uh, looks as though we're going to be sewn up for the next eight years. Yeah. That's, that's another exciting uh, point, actually, yeah. Gaz, let's come to you. Um, let me give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about Eric Dyer and, and Jed Spence, of course, has gone out the door as well. He's gone to Genoa um, on loan. Uh, they've got an option to buy him. Of course, he's had a very difficult time, Jed Spence. Uh, his attitude and professionalism hasn't been that great. Daniel Fark, of course, sent him back to Tottenham from Leeds, um, having spent the, half, the first half of this season on loan. Um, Eric Dyer, of course, has gone out the door. Um, my best memory of Eric Dyer is probably when he made his debut at, at Upton Park, scoring in the very dying seconds um, in a 1-0 in a win. Um, that was some years ago. Of course, he has been a good servant to the club. Um, many people have been frustrating with him uh, in the last couple of years, it's very fair to say. Um, lots of tributes. I think there's been actually more tributes about Eric Dyer than Harry Kane. Incredible. Yeah, look, I, I think that... Eric Dyer was, he had a decent little run in the Spurs team early on. I do think he was fortunate that he played with a lot of top players around him. And I think you find that with Harry Winks as well. Like he, he, they played in times where you got Moussa Dembele and Ericsson in front and Deli Alley on fire and Kane, other, other players. And then the, insur the insurance policy behind them in, say, Vertonghen and Alderweireld. And that does matter. It does matter. Um, obviously, he's moved positions a lot. He played, started off as a holding midfield player and then got moved to a centre half. But. He probably should have left the football club four years ago, Chris. He, he's been hanging on there and sort of managers have thrown her out on him. I think Mourinho liked him. Uh, they all liked him. He, he's just not good enough, mate. The game's moved on. You've got to be able to, you've got to, be able to run. You've got to be able to recover. You've got to, play, you've got to play out from the back. And it's just moved on very, very quickly, the game. But he's always, he has been a good servant for Spurs. He's played in teams that have been really, really good. He's been fortunate enough for that. And for that, you have to give him a little bit of praise and his props. But... I think it was time for him to move on. but And for Tottenham Hotspur to get what they paid for him in £4 million is unbelievable, really. Um, I think we probably have to thank Harry Kane for that a little bit, to be honest. Well, he's got, he's got to make those appearances for us to get any money because uh, it's a loan, but it's seen as a, a zero fee. But he's, it, Spurs will get money uh, more appearances he makes. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but it will certainly be interesting to see uh, players like that if they lift trophies at the end of the season because we've been without trophies for so long. Um, but we are going places and hopefully our trophies will be coming very, very soon. Jamie, did you want to, before we move on to the Man United game, do you want to add any more on Eric Dyer? Uh Yes, I went to see that play to Dear England the other day, uh, the one about Southgate's, when Southgate first took over. And they have a, I don't know if you've seen it, but they have a section where um, there's not, not the whole squad, but some of the squad, the main sort of players of the squad come through and they say their name and their club. And you forget how many Spurs players are in that England side. And yeah. Dyer, being, Dyer being one of the first names on the team sheet. Because of that versatility where he could play at the back, he could play in the middle of the park. Um, 
and then you think, and it was just making me go, oh my god, like where's where's he gone? But yeah, I agree with Gaz. He should have gone some years ago. Um, and talking about the, the difference, the thing, the reason Dyer and you know his video, was, it was interesting. I was watching his departure video, saying thanks to everyone at Spurs and thanks to all that. You know, I mean, I, I didn't get through the whole video. Whereas with Harry Kane's, I was in me and my seven-year-old son were in floods of tears, yeah. and, it, and I'm still not over it now. Like you know, it's the worst breakup letter I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I'm one divorce under my belt. But anyway, uh, so, but yeah, Dyer, Dyer, I feel, and we're talking about Hoiberg being unhappy, disgruntled, he's not in the side. When he walks over that line and he's wearing that shirt, he would run through walls, absolutely run through walls and put a shift in. Dyer just sulked far too many times to me. He let his head go down. And I feel, not intentionally maybe, but he did let us down on, on a number of occasions. And I think that's because his head wasn't right and he wasn't able to do what Oiberg does, puff his chest out, get on with it, and then walk back to the dressing room and have a sulk in there. Um, so I lost that. I lost a bit of love for Dyer. And good luck to him. Good luck to him. I don't think he's going to play that much, if I'm honest. I think they've got... I think he's he's down the pecking order, possibly even further over there. Um, so he's relying on a few injuries and maybe suspensions and stuff. But I'm sure Harry Kane had a little something to say in that deal, get it over the line. And it's you know it's probably a similar thing for him. It's a it's a no lose, isn't it? He's going to probably mm. have a few run outs in the Champions League. If he gets a run and he does well, you know it might put his value back up, and you know he gets a bigger move somewhere. I don't know. So good luck, good luck to him. Thanks for your thanks for everything, and uh, yeah, leave your Spurs shirt at home. Jamie, also um, just on Jed Spence because of course he's gone on loan. So, yeah. again, it's another opportunity for him, but he's got to grab the opportunity because otherwise we're going to end up with Jed Spence coming back to Spurs, which is probably not the ideal situation and probably not what Spurs want. I've got a mate of mine who's a Middlesbrough. Uh, he does a podcast with Middlesbrough, massive Middlesbrough fan. And um, when we signed him, he was like, he's just trouble. He's just trouble. He's, uh, he's absolute quality, but he's trouble. Mm. And, you know, he was like, maybe you'll get better out of him. But, yeah. What's interesting for me is that he's gone out on loan again. Yeah. He's got this, he's got this reputation and this reputation is obviously justified. But there's obviously something in him that means we haven't just binned him off. Because he must, they must feel that there's, you know, he's a hell of a player, from what I gather, um, with unbelievable potential. But, I mean, if, if we're at this stage and he's being sent home from a loan at Leeds where he should be going and tearing it up. If he wants to really feature in our squad, the way we're going and the way we're attacking, you know, you look at the players in front of him. I don't know. It's disappointing. It's really disappointing because he's got a big opportunity with, with a, a club that's moving up and forwards to get his head down, tear it up in the championship and come back and, and do a job. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I'm not holding out a lot of hope that he's going to, it's going to work out. Andy, on Jed Spence, it's obvious that Spurs want to offload him because they've given Genoa an option to buy. How confident are you that he's going to grab this opportunity and Spurs do offload him? Because another player, it's very clear that Ange Postacoglu doesn't want at the club. Um, I think, you know, it's very clear and evident when Ange doesn't want you. Um, you're not in the team, you're not in the starting eleven, and you're not um, really part of the squad. And even during pre-season, um, you know, he was a player that was training separately. Uh well, to echo what Jamie was saying, um, 
I did hear through the grapevine that um, Neil Warnock fell out with him and warned yeah. him, uh, if I'm right. Now, there's a fella after that. He's come to us. Uh, he got farmed out. It was a French club. He got farmed out there. Right. Uh, gone to Leeds. Um, the Leeds manager has been somewhat diplomatic. He didn't want to, uh, you know, sort of sledgehammerly castigate him. Uh, but um, I have heard, yes, he's got a bad attitude. Also, apparently, I hear that uh, <laughs> he's not very prompt uh, for training. He's one of these, uh, he's very loose, comes in late. And, and well, Ange is not going to suffer that. And why would he? Um, you know, uh, um, he's not going to suffer that. Uh, if you start, you know, peeing him about, then that's you gone. Mm. Um, Ange comes across as very stoic, and as you as you see on your interviews, he does. Uh, but and he's a very good man management. But I can imagine if you seriously pee him off. That's you out the door. And yeah. he, he's obviously, um, and you've seen something there, hasn't he? Um, I, I, I actually think, uh, Spence, there's a player in there somewhere. Uh, I don't know, a couple of seasons back, I see him play against the Arsenal, and he had Martinelli in his pocket completely. Matched him with strength, speed, and he's no slouch, Martinelli, but. He had him in his pocket all day long. But um, there is a player there, but I'm sorry, but uh, is he going to make it at Genoa? Who knows? And, you know, I don't mean to be disparaging, but do we really care? Well, I, wonder, said, yeah, I, I wonder, Andy, if, if, if Andrew had a, a FaceTime call or, or, or a telephone call with Jed Spence, you know, upon signing him, do you think the phone would have gone dead? Uh, immediately, yeah. I, I did. Well, it, it probably, yeah. Uh, chances are, uh, Spence would have got to the uh, phone call, uh, got to the phone five or six minutes late. <laughs> um, who knows, you know, you know, and then you, you, who knows, you know. Um, but, um, look, somewhere in there is a good player, but as Jamie said, uh, yeah, alluded to, we've got youngsters coming through now and if he ain't gonna wise up yeah why would the manager why would the manager even have second thoughts yeah right manchester united on sunday guys let's come to you um let's have a look at the premier league table spurs are currently fifth play 20 112 drawn three lost five a goal difference of plus 13 we have 39 points. We're only six points away from Liverpool, who are leaders at the moment with 45 points. We're only a point away from top four. Manchester United are down in eighth. They've played 20. They've been so inconsistent. They win in one week. They're losing the next. They've won 10. They've only drawn one, uh, which was a nil-nil draw against Liverpool, where a number of their fan base uh, were actually celebrating a nil-nil draw. That's how they have fallen so much. They've lost nine. They've got a goal difference uh, of minus five. They've got 31 points. They are nine points away from top four and they are 14 points away from Liverpool. Um, what have you made of Manchester United so far, Gaz, this season? Because they do seem to have problems off the pitch. 
you know, a number of their fans are not happy with the way that the club is being run. Uh, their stadium has got uh, leaks. The defence has got leaks. Their, even their food hygiene rating is one out of five. You know, lots of things are going wrong on and off the pitch. What have you made of Manchester United? I think Manchester United, look, you only got to look at the stats. They've, they've, they've lost four out of, their, out of ten games at home. They've only scored 20 goals in, in the Premier League. There's only two teams below them that have scored less. And they're the two bottom teams in the Premier League. So it's obviously not firing for them. They've had loads of problems with Sancho, off the field stuff. The manager, is he good enough? Bruno Fernandes, is he a captain material? It's, that's created a load of spec, a load of talk, whether it be on Talksport, wherever it might be. And I think it's a game that Tottenham can really fancy themselves going into. But it's also, I think, the last time that Spurs won that got the double over Man United in any season was 1989 90 season. So look, if we can pull out the points, it'd be fantastic, mate. But um, we'll see. I think Manchester United, they're, look, they're always going to be a difficult time. We've, we've gone up there with some top, top teams, some top players and still found a way of losing. So my, where I'm at is, is go to Old Trafford and don't get beat. You can't come away from there without picking up anything. And that's got to be key in that game for me. Guys, their last couple of results, they beat Aston Villa 3-2 at home, uh, despite being 2-0 down. And then their last Premier League game, they lost away at Nottingham Forest 2-1. Now, I had a, um, a guest on from the United stand, Beth Tucker, a great guest yesterday, um, Manchester United fan. And she said that most Manchester United fans felt that when they were 2-0 down at home against Villa, they would come back and win that game because Aston Villa play this high line and it suited Manchester United's style and the way that they wanted to play the game. And they were confident they were going to get the win. And of course they did. Now, when you have a result and a performance like that of, of coming back from behind, I think a number of Man United fans have felt at this stage or, or certain stage of the season, like we're, we're back, you know, we're going to you know, find some consistency during the season and now kick on. They haven't found that. What have you made of Eric Ten Hag's style and the way that he's conducted himself since uh, being Manchester United manager? Well, if, if you, you only got to look at the top pundits and it's almost like they haven't got no real pattern of play. They haven't got a way of playing at the minute. Mm. They, they don't seem to have that in their game. You look at it, you hop back to the Liverpool result. They, they picked yeah. up a point and they thought that was going to be the turning point in their season. So, look, there's, there's, there's loads of question marks at that football club. Um, you've touched on a few, whether it be off the field, on the field. Um, it's, it's, it's still going to be a tough game, Chris, for me. I really do yeah. think it's going to be a tough game. Do you? It will be a tough game. Uh, Manchester United is a, is a tough place to go, but are we thinking about Manchester United of old? Because it just seems to be so different, Gaz. Like, you know, you go back a few weeks, they lost 3-0 at home to Bournemouth. That was a, uh, you know, people seem to be very surprised by some of these results. But, you know, when you look at their performances and you look at some of the quality of their players, it's very different to what we're used to seeing under Alex Ferguson, where they've won trophy after trophy. And, and we're so used to seeing Manchester United win uh, quite often, and they've gone through a pretty tough time. So many different managers. You know, you look at their um, defence of, say, Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire. Is that a good enough defence for a team like Manchester United? I don't know how Johnny Evans is still playing football, but yeah, he still is. There's, there's a cut, there's a cut there. I think they're due a couple back potentially at the weekend. Maguire might be back, Luke Shaw yeah. might be back for him. So they'll be yeah. stronger, they'll be stronger in that department. You touched on that 2 0 result when they're at 2 0. We all know though, you watch football. 2 0 is one of them results that if you get one and the crowd start to get the lift, you can get two. 
how many games is there? that goes up that goes on all up and down the country it's such a dodgy result that 2-0 because you go yeah. up and you get egg back for 2-1 you naturally start sitting back deeper so I want to look too much into that Aston Villa uh, turnaround for them um, look you're never going to get Manchester United at a better time you're never going to get Manchester United at a better time for me they're in turmoil they're, 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 they're miles off us they're miles off the, off the, off the title race and that's where they want to be this is Man United um, so Turn up there at Old Trafford on Sunday, fully apply yourself. There'll be great camaraderie within our group. It's the complete opposite probably within their group. Um, you Especially Jaden Sancho, and I touched him. He's left this week. So you get a few of them in that dressing room saying they've lost one of their mates this week. Do they agree with their manager? Question mark. So, yeah, it's yep. a game I'm looking forward to. And it's a game that I think Spurs players should be looking forward to as well. Jamie, what have you made of United this season with their inconsistency? Because... You know, speaking to Beth last night, a big Manchester United fan and, of course, massive channel, the United stand. Um, you know, she thought that Manchester United would be up there competing for the Premier League title this season. And, and as Gaz said there, they are way off. Well, yeah, I mean, towards the end of last season, obviously, Ten Hag, he looked like he'd, everything had turned around and they were they were going to go back to where they were. Um, it's quite enjoyable for me because obviously I haven't been in Corey for a, a few years. I'm in, I'm in a WhatsApp group with Alan Housel and Andy Wyman and... Uh, in fact, that WhatsApp group used to be called Should Have Got Conti. <laughs> they, went through, they went through a series of really shit managers and we had Conti and I thought he was the answer. But I've Has it changed now to Should Have Got Ange? Should Have Got Big Ange. Yeah, I've changed it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems... Uh, yeah, it, uh, the, you would not have expected them to be where they are now. And I just look at a team that is completely disenfranchised. They've got no identity... There seems to be a toxicity within the group. For me, that leads from Fernandez. I think he's a really, he's obviously a very talented footballer, but he's painful to watch. He's painful to see. I don't think he leads by example. I think you've got Rashford, who looks like he's about to burst into tears at any moment. <laughs> um, you know, I just don't, they just look completely separate. So, yes, okay, 2 0 down against Villa, and they get a little bit boy because they've got great attacking, you know, they've got a lot of pace. You've got Nacho's it in a bit of form, but it, there's no consistency in that. You know, that's like, they, look at the way they celebrated that. Back in the days when Fergie, when they were 2-0 down and they win 3-2, almost yeah. like they expected it. And I think the key thing for us is to go there on Sunday is in Fergie's days, that was a proper fortress. And that yeah. team and those fans never, ever thought they were beaten. So if you're 2-0 up against Man United at Old Trafford, they still think they're going to win it. I think now those fans, and I've been in that stadium a lot, they they will turn now. And if we can dig our heels in, maybe go a goal up or get to one or whatever, and they're not playing and they're not firing, those fans will turn. And that fortress then starts to work in our favour because their players start to get on edge. They start to give the ball away. And we've seen it. They've done it time and time again this season where they start to make mistakes. You know, I mean, and look, even Richarlison can and outrun and outdo Johnny Evans. I mean, Christ, they should have bought Eric Dyer. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a bizarre one. But I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident. I think we've got, I'm really excited that Werner's going to be like a greyhound out the gates. You know, Dragusin, I think, will play. I think Van der Ven coming back, that's like having a new sign-in. You know, he's got the pace. Uh, and I like the way he held Van der Ven back against Burnley. He didn't give him 10 minutes, so he's giving him another week just to just to get himself bedded in, get a bit more training. 
Um, so yeah, I'm confident. I think we're going to, I think it's going to be tight, but I think we're going to nick it. And I do think we're going to nick it 2-1. I think it's going to be one all for a bit. They might go up, we'll get a goal back and then I think we'll nick it 2-1. Jamie, when you mention leaders there, who are the leaders in that Manchester United squad and team right now? I mean, exactly. Exactly. I, yeah. I don't think you could tell. I don't think you can actually say. Because even the even the, the players that you think are going to lead, that should be leading, Maguire, I know he's been out, but they're not because they're so lacking in confidence. And they're so... You look at, you look at them compared to us, compared to what our vision is, the way we set up, what it's very, very clear what the message is to those players, how we're going to play. You know, it's really clear that everyone is on the same page. You look at that United team, and I think Ten Hag, he's the, the change in his demeanour from when he came in, mm. sort of confident, almost brash Dutch manager, who's mm. in confidence, buying <coughs> doing, and now he just looks like he's, I mean, he's got a bit of Mourinho about him now. He just moans and groans and sort of blames other people and has a bit of a <laughs> bitch and a moan about the officials and this, that and the other and VAR and, you know, but it, there isn't, there isn't, I don't think there is a leader. And Fernandez, oh my God. You know, you get those players where people go, yeah, but you'd love him in your team. Absolutely not. Well, For all his quality, I, I would absolutely... Can I, can I ask, would any would any of these Manchester United players, would they get into the Spurs starting eleven? I probably, right now, I might take Garnacho. Possibly. I, but, but I don't... I don't think so. Nah. I, I mean, you, could, you, you, you could argue against that call, Damien, because no. he, he has got a bit about him, to be fair. Yeah, he's and got a bit he, about probably, him. he does probably fit the profile as well. Young, he's got a bit of an attitude. So, yeah, I, I, you could definitely make an argument for that. And it, it's, it's his goals for me. It's his finishing. Yeah. It's clinical. Really yeah, clinical. And I think Johnson, I was really excited about Johnson. The jury's out a little bit for me now. I've seen him. I don't I think his final ball is he's got a little bit of Aaron Lennon about him. He's quick, mm. he gets in the right areas, but his final ball and his his clinical nature, I think against that against Burnley, that's the sort of game he should have absolutely torn that apart. And <laughs> so, yeah, but but you know, give it time. But yeah, I've probably gone at show other than that. No. Does, does our manager get a bit more out of Rashford? I mean, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, well, no, no, hundred percent, definitely, and I think, yeah, um, would I take Rashford right now over where over what we've got and where we're going? I don't think I would. I don't get on the I'll... bench. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get, get Fernandez, and I just make him cut the oranges, and then I'd tell him to piss <laughs> off, and I just leave. Yeah. I absolutely uh, can't stand him. Anyway. Well, but, but they have... I, I, just to add to that, I am slightly worried because I was at the home game and we should have been about 2-0 down. Fernandes missed that header, if you remember, yeah. in the opening, whatever it was, 10, 15 minutes. And how he missed that, I don't know. So I'm a little bit, slightly, mildly concerned that that might come back to bite us on the arse. But I'm staying positive. 
Yeah, I, do you know what? I feel so positive about every Spurs game right now because you know that we're going to give it a go. You know a certain style that we're playing. You know that Ange is, is uh, at the helm and you know that we're going to give absolutely everything in these matches. Um, team news ahead of this game. Um, ben Davis is now out for between four and five weeks. La Celso is out uh, with a similar problem. Uh, Ange said it was complicated. Dane Scarlett is now out for this game. Madison, Solomon and Perisic are uh, all remain out. Son, of course, is away with the Asian Cup. Soren Basuma with AFCON. Romero is back training, but this game is going to come too soon. Team news for Manchester United. Martinez is now training. Casemiro's training. Shaw is training. So they are all in contention for Sunday. Um, Ericsson has been ill a week, uh, says uh, Eric Ten Hag. Anthony is back. Maguire is available. Onana, really strange decision. I'm going to come to you on this one, Andy. Um, with Onana, um, they wanted to keep him for the Wigan FA Cup game. They're keeping him for the Spurs game, which is really, really strange because um, he's then flying off to the AFCON and literally playing hours after this match rather than use their other goalkeeper. What on earth? What, why do you think this is? Because in some ways, and I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, in some ways I think this is actually an advantage for Spurs with Onana playing. Uh, yeah, no, it could well be. I mean... Uh... It's amazing that um, and, and he got that dispensation to play. I thought he would have been off by now. I, I, I can't really answer that unless their reserve keeper's got one arm. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, look, he hasn't had a great season. He was great uh, in Holland. Uh, yeah, 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 he was. He um, and they thought thought highly of him, but. I really don't know, guys. Sorry, I, I, I can't answer that. Um, all I can show you, United, at the moment, that is a seriously fractured club. Yeah. And, uh, as you guys was, oh, saying, look, uh, at the moment they are shapeless. I also think, uh, although Ten Hag had a great first season there, I mean, some of the buys. Uh, uh, a suspect, you know, there's got to be a stewards there. Um, I just don't get so. Don't you think um, some of the buys have been appalling? Yeah, I think he seems to have turned top really good players. Martinez, Casemiro. I know Casemiro is knocking on a bit. Yeah, he exactly. came, those players were like unbelievable. If you'd have asked me this question last season, I'd have gone. Martinez, Casemiro, yeah. I could have named you four or five that I'd have taken. No, but they're, they're but now, like, not even a year on going, eh, maybe one, maybe young kid, this young kid Garnacho. Uh, I, I like the, uh, the, Arge, the Argentinian lad, as you, you pointed out. I think he's got something to offer, but I really think their transfer policy has been dreadful. Um, and as I say, look, they aren't a fractured club. You sense that the dressing room is fractured as well. It's not just Sancho that wants out. Don't, I just get the impression that so many of the squad do. Mm. Um, Rashford is not the player he once was. How are we going to do there, um, Sunday? I don't, you know, as guys were saying, look, that is a really difficult place to go. Even when we're, you know, we're on form, we, we, we find a way to not win. But, um, as Gaz said, and uh, you all that, really, is that I think this is a great opportunity for us to nick something. Um, going back to the keeper, I just, I really don't know. 
they can't have any faith in the reserve keeper then. I, I, I really no idea. Just to follow up on more team news for Manchester United, Martial is out, Lindelof is out, Mount is out, and Amrabat, of course, is away with Morocco. Um, Gaz, before I get your thoughts on um, the lineup, let's hear from Eric Ten Hag. He is full of praise for Spurs and Ange Postacoglu this season. Oh, it's, it's definitely different. Eh? So um, I think it's a really big compliment the way they played. Uh, so he changed uh, the environment there. Uh, they play really proactive. It's very um, yeah, enjoyable to watch them with a, with a lot of dynamics. Uh, very proactive. Um, yeah, it's, and they combine it with good results. And, but also, when we play them there, over there, uh, and I think that is what we can take, uh, we can take belief out of that that in the first, I would say, especially 35 minutes, we dominate them. And we should have go in the lead. Eh? And, but we didn't. And so we have to make our own look and we have to, to take control of the game. And then we have to finish the chances. Gas, what do you make of Eric Ten Hag's comments there about the previous game? Of course, we beat them 2-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Angie's first Premier League game in charge at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'll be honest with you, Chris, I didn't really get the, the didn't come through too well, so it might be a better question for one of the other lads on this occasion. Didn't come Jamie, through did, you, did you hear that okay? I, I, yeah, I heard it. Um, he just looks so sad. He <laughs> 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 looks so sad. He's like, yeah. Um, I, so what was the question? I was waiting for the guy's answer. Sorry. I was, I was just looking at him just going, poor bloke. Just about the uh, the previous meeting, we beat them 2-0, of course, earlier on in the season. Um, and I think that's when probably Manchester United fans thought, oh, we're not going to be uh, challenging for the title this season. With uh, You know, you mentioned Fernandez, you mentioned that miss. Uh, he said that they controlled the game for the first 35 minutes or so. Uh, what yeah. did you make of that previous meeting at Spurs? Yeah, I mean, they did. That's what I said. They did. And we rode our luck and we they probably did dominate us for, for 35 minutes, if not most of the, you know, the majority of the first half. Um, but how many times have we done that before in the past? You know, you can't go yeah. on about it. You haven't taken the chances. Uh, you've missed open goals and we've then gone and capitalised on it. So that's the way it is. Um, and that comes from we've got a manager that will keep having a go. So even if they had taken their chances, we might still be sitting here going, we beat them 3-2. So, it, you know, it, you can't... That's what I mean about his demeanour. I can't see Ange sitting there talking the next time we play Fulham about but moaning and groaning about the the League Cup game you know where mm. we only got some penalties and he didn't put, I don't think he I don't think he do that I don't think he's going to dwell on oh yeah well, we were you know we were unlucky and we dominated I think he deals with what's in front of him and that's what Ten Hag that's the fact that he's referring to that and kind of making excuses pretty much saying if they'd have taken their chance in the first 35 minutes they'd have put us to bed you know, that's you don't want to be hearing that sort of stuff from a manager going into this game. And I, and I know in that same press conference, he started going on about um, being a manager and being a player for a club like Man United is different to any other team in the world. And it brings different pressure and all that. And you're just going, that's that's not the right message. That's not, mm. that's not a message of longevity for me. That's a, that's a man who's disgruntled, who's 
who's a bit lost, who's getting some pressure from this, that and the other. You've got a new owner coming in. You know, that, that club is in disarray. And thankfully, we are. You know, we've got a chairman that I, I'm not his biggest fan. But on this podcast, we've all kind of tipped our hat and gone in the same way that I wasn't a Pedro Porro fan. And I now am. I will give credit where credit's due. And Daniel Levy has, has learned from his mistakes, it seems, and pulled one out of the bag. So, yeah, but that's the opposite of what's happening at Man United, it seems. Can I just ask you, before we um, look at the predicted lineup and get the uh, get your thoughts on the lineup, um, your favourite memory of this fixture, Spurs, Man United, either at Old Trafford, White Hart Lane, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Andy, let's start with you, because I, I would say my favourite memory of this fixture is probably that last day at White Hart Lane, an incredible day that was, of course, for the football club. Um, and of course, we finished um, with a win. Um, there has been a lot of special moments in this fixture. Uh, what was yours? Uh, well, I was I wasn't uh, I was working in uh, tragically, but uh, special um, two really. Uh, I remember going up to uh, Old Trafford. Chibber's got two on his debut, I do believe that '68. Uh, Bringing back the years, the years, the years, the years. Um, our dealers also was up there that night in the FA Cup where uh, he got the winner. That was great. And um, I do believe it was a League Cup. Hoddle got a, just a superb volley. I, I think we won 2-1. Uh, that, the volley was just... He hit it. Um, in mid-air, how he shaped himself. Um yeah, I'll name those three. You know, we've only we've, in in Premier League um, in the Premier League era since '92. We've only won at Old Trafford four times. Um, Gaz, there was a six-one win, of course, during COVID up there under Jose, when people thought that we were going to win the Premier League. Um, and I can think about a three-nil win, Lucas Moura getting a couple of goals. That was a that was a good night up there. What's your favourite memories? You've just done it, mate. The one in COVID was something special for Spurs to go and smash Manchester United like that up there. Yeah. Fans or no fans were just unbelievable. Sergio Rie scoring goals, doing the reel away. I remember it well. Can I go with a, when we were three 0 up at White Hart Lane before we got beat five three and Beckham scored? I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one. Wow. Stands, that one really does stand out in the memory for me when I was younger. Couldn't believe that game. But yeah, it'd have to be that one in COVID, mate, because it was just something surreal. And it was even more special at the time that Mourinho went back there and done the business against his old team. Do you know, I hope if Spurs are 1-0 down at half-time at United on Sunday, I hope Andrew goes in there and says, come on, guys, this is United. You know, let, let, let's, let's get them back after those comments of, uh, of Alex Ferguson all those times. Oh, come on, guys, this is Spurs. Jamie, what's your favourite memory of this fixture? Yeah, I've just been thinking. I've got a few bad ones. Um, <laughs> There's too many. Yeah, I remember, I was trying to think of the year, but I think Gary Lineker scored his best ever goal. I was at Old Trafford and he cuts in from the left-hand side and curls one in the top corner. It was the last game of the season. Uh, I think we lost the game, but it was, it was the best goal I'd ever seen Lineker score for us. Outside the box as well. I don't know if you remember it. But I think my favourite memory was at White Lane. It was the League Cup quarterfinal. Must have been 90... I'm going to say 99. Uh, and we were 2-1 up. 
going in, it was like the 93rd minute. I had a bet to say we would win 2-1. Chris Armstrong scored the first goal. And we were 2-1 up. Armstrong scores the first goal. And I'm sitting there going, I mean, I, I think I was a student at the time. So, I, I would have won about 50p. But I was delighted. And um, Ginola puts one down, a free kick on the edge of the box. And bends it in the, the top right-hand corner. And I didn't know whether to go absolutely mental or whether to cry because I'd lost the bet. But it was such an unbelievable because that was peak United. That was there was some big players in that United side. That was title winning United. That was Europe. That was Champions League winning United. And yeah. we turned them over out the lane um, to march on in the cup. So that was that was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. But that's probably my favourite, I'd say, even though I lost the bet. Yeah, it's always been a good fixture. This United Spurs. Yeah. Let's come on to the lineup. Um, this is my predicted lineup here. Vicario in goal, the back four of Udogi, Van de Ven, Dragusin, Poro. In the middle, Skip, Benson Kurt, Kulusevsky. And then the forward three of Werner, Richarlison, and Johnson. Gaz, I want to come to you first on this. Is this what you were thinking? Spot on. Uh, I think that's what I was thinking. I think we touched on it. I think the team here enough picked itself with players that we've got out. The only one that we as and again we've already touched on this subject is Oliver Skip. I'd prefer to see Hoyberg in there, but, but for reasons that you've touched on, it's probably going to be Oliver Skip that gets the gig. And there's enough players on that football pitch to cause damage against Manchester United. And you've got a back line there, a right back and left back are on form. Um two centre halves there will be chomping at the bit. New partnership struck up, get off to a good partnership early. I think we've got a good chance up there because I think we can really nullify them, with, with, with especially with that, that, that drag goose thing coming in. Um, yeah, but it'd only be that Hoiberg one for Skip for me, but that'd be about it, Chris. I think you called it would right. You, Gaz, would you be surprised if uh, Werner and Dragusin did not start in this match? Well, it'd be interesting whether he goes with Royale, but I think that um, this guy's come into play. He's not. It isn't like he's not been playing for Genoa. Yep. He's been playing games. He's been playing every week. Um, yep. He fit, fit as a fiddle, straight in. Um, and the manager's shown confidence in him. Um, and I think I think yeah, he has to go in, Chris. He has to go in. Like there's no there's no better and bigger test. And the player, listen to him. And by the way, what was refreshing to hear how good his English is. That yep. is a plus coming in from there because there's no guarantees and he'll come in immediately the communication between him and van der ven will be good and yeah i, I fully expect him to start as i said this manager makes big calls and it, it, and i i think both of them will start old trafford for sure and of course uh dragusin knows benson kerr and kulosevsky from his days at juventus so yeah it's all positive um jamie that that lineup i put out there um i know gaz has obviously said about hoybier or skip um do you think that that is the lineup postacogli will go with or, or do you think he'll try something different i think my only yeah i mean i i absolutely echo what gaz says i would play hoyberg instead of skip at old trafford i think that's a game made for hoyberg i think he can do the dirty work in the middle um and have that little bit of extra quality i think over skip but I think Skip will play. I could possibly see. I would. I would pick that team with Hoiberg. I agree with that. That side. The. I think Werner hundred percent starts and plays. Mm -hmm. I think my question mark would be over Dragusin purely because if Van der Ben had been back fit and playing, then I would say Dragusin comes in. But you're effectively starting two new centre halves. Van der Ven hasn't had any game time for quite a while. So he's he's technically coming in. It's a new partnership. It's a, it's 
you could look at it as a little bit risky. So we might stick with Royale uh, alongside Van der Ven. I think Van der Ven definitely starts, but it's who he plays alongside. I think, personally, the, the Dragusin looks confident. Um, he'll have a couple of days to look at him in training. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he should chuck him in. Because, uh, but yeah, that's the only question mark I would have. And if Van der Ven had played the last couple of games, it would be a no-brainer for Grusin comes in alongside him. But I just think uh, that's the only question he might have in his head. The thing is, though, Jamie, I completely agree with Gaz. Like, Dragusin's been playing every single game for Genoa. So, he's fully fit. He's raring to go. He's very, very hungry. Ange absolutely loves him, wants him at the football club. Surely he's going to start. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see... I think he should. And Ange makes big calls, as we've said. And if, But equally, I don't think Ange is going to be... If you flip that and play devil's advocate, he's not going to be pressured by the fact that he's just paid money for this kid and he's brought him in. He's going mm. to do what is right. Regardless, so he's not bothered about upsetting people. He's not bothered about, you know. Um, I do. I think he'll start. Yes. Do I think Van der Ven and Dragusin will play? Hundred percent. But I'm just saying, the only question mark I would have is you're yeah. bringing in a player that's been on the on the injury list for a while, hasn't had no game time, and a player. Or oh yes, he's been playing first team football, but not in the Premier League, not at Old Trafford, not live on Sky on a Sunday, like. This is different. This is different. And that's why he's come here, because he wants to play bigger football. You know, he's this is Tottenham Hotspur. You know. Um, so I think it's it but I think he'll play. I think he'll play. I'm just I'm just throwing an option out there that he might rest him. Jamie also with Kulaseski in that uh in that central role, what do you make of him in the central role rather than being out on the right? Uh well, he cuts into the central role anyway, doesn't he? So he, he always ends up in there before he before he does anything. <laughs> By the time he's coming off the off the wide, but um, yeah, I love him. I love him. I think I think you could put him anywhere. He'd do a job. He's such a he's such a club player. He puts in such a shift. You know, he never stops working, even when he's not having a great game or when he's going through a dip in form, which we've seen. So yeah, I think he's it's ideal to put him in there. Johnson, I think, needs a big game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really needs to step it up because I, I can see he's a confidence player and I don't want that confidence to start draining out of him a little bit. And yeah. I think the Spurs fans at the moment, we're in such good spirits and we're willing to back everyone. Richarlison is a, is a great um, is evidence of that, that we're all still behind him, even though he's annoying. Uh, and I just want Johnson, I think he needs to now have a, a couple of big performances and Old Trafford is a is a. But yeah, Kula's going to do a great job in there. I think he's a handful. His work rate, his strength. Um, there's an argument to say maybe he's better in there. I don't know. Remains to be seen. But he's not going to be in there for long. But I think he does a really good job for us. Yeah, it seems very exciting. When, when you look at that lineup and how many players we've got coming back as well, that's yeah. what. That's why I'm feeling you know very, very excited about this uh, this team and this squad and where we're going. About that, that side. Yeah. And what... Yes, obviously we got we we attack and we wants to go forward, but it's strong physically. Yeah. We're strong, and you know you're going away to places like Old Trafford. You got half a chance if you've got strong physical players who can mix it up a bit, who get yeah. involved, who don't roll over. You know you've got half a chance anywhere. Andy, um, your thoughts on that lineup? Would you change anything? Not really. No, um, I've got. To- Maybe I would just edge Hoybjerg uh, above Skip. I get what Jamie's saying. The um, 
the whole newness of a, should we say, the centre-half double H. But um, as you guys have said, look, I know I'm repeating myself, I'm just uh, paraphrasing you guys, but um, he's fit. Dragusin has fit. He's been playing all season. Mm-hmm. What I've seen of him, and, and admittedly, they're only reals, this guy's a, this kid's a beast. No one gets past him. He's 6'3", he's, yeah. he's great in the air, he's got that upper body development, you know. Um, he, uh, well, you have been watching He's got it, a little bit of pace as well, <laughs> we're playing a <laughs> What sites have you been on? <laughs> and, and yeah, he's English, he's, as, as uh, you know, as Gaz has pointed out, you know, his English is good. It's better than Paul Merson's. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yes, I would play that uh, side, and I, again, I'm going over ground at Jamie is, but yeah, Johnson at the moment, he, he is a good player. I just feel that diffidence has sunk in a little with him at a minute. Um, he's slightly frightened to take players on. Uh, he's actually a good crosser of the ball, but um, I think he's going to need time, the kid. Um, yeah. I like the lineup. I think we can cause them serious problems. Um, and, you know, yes, um, I, I, I want to see Dragosian play with Van der Ben. I think they're two young lads, strong, relatively quick. Uh, and as Gadget uh, was saying there, well, look, I think we've got enough in that side to worry them. Right. Well, let's now hear from uh, former Manchester United player, uh, Paul Parker. Of course, played for United between 1991 and 1996. Premier League winner twelve uh, twice with Manchester United, winning the FA Cup and the League Cup as well. Uh, he's kindly given us his thoughts on Manchester United this season, Spurs this season and the transfer window. Hi, Chris and everyone at the Spurs Chat Podcast. It's Paul Parker and I've been asked to talk about the upcoming fixture on the 14th of Jan of Manchester United v Spurs, which is a big game on paper, to be honest. Manchester United v Spurs or Spurs v Manchester United. People seem to enjoy those games. The fixture always gives a little buzz, and it certainly does to me, being maybe a little bit of a Spurs supporter while I was growing up here in Essex. But anyway, the questions what I'm going to answer are obviously regarding that game and what centres around it. So, um... My thoughts on this season, of United anyway, as you might gather, has been sheer disappointment. Having to talk about him is hard work, having to listen about him and having to watch him is seriously hard work and it hasn't been enjoyable. But the one thing being Manchester United, everyone is interested in when things are going well and just as much when things are going bad and they're bad because what's going on in the field has been disappointing which is an understatement but when we talk about Spurs and their season so far you know it's been ups have there really been downs I don't think there's been that many downs I think everyone's enjoying the football they're playing they're loving the manager they've got he's just got everything which I think everyone just loves about him compared to the previous two managers and for me the previous two managers are always the wrong managers to manage at Spurs they're both they're both destroyers. Spurs just love creativity and that's what Ange gives Spurs. And um, when you talk about the two managers, I think you have to say Ten Hag. I'd like 
him to be given time. He's not made it easy for himself with a lot of the supporters, but given how many managers Manchester United have had since 2013, is changing him now going to make a difference? Not really. You look at the position Manchester United are in, as bad as they've been playing, they could go and win three games and about, and all of a sudden they could be in the top four the way the league is this season because you have to say, if you're a neutral, it's a fantastic league because of what's going on. You know, and all the different bits, people losing, and we even talk, to, talk about Liverpool. Everyone's looking at them and want to make them cast iron in or cast iron in, or they're not that, that good, as maybe they have been in previous seasons, but maybe it's the others catching up, but it's still good to watch. And when we talk about what Spurs need, Spurs at the moment just need a little bit more strength in depth. But given that, who am I to say that when what Spurs have gone and done? When you look at their league position now, I think at this moment they're two points off of Arsenal and Arsenal were supposedly having a great season until they got beat by West Ham. And Spurs, everyone's talking about the injuries to Madison and the centre-half, is it Van der Ven? They're talking about him, and but Spurs have carried on. Yes, they've lost some games, they've conceded some goals, but Spurs fans have got a smile on their face. And they're winning games even when they've conceded maybe poor goals. So Spurs, what they need maybe really is just, yeah, as, as I said before, just a backup, stronger backup. Um, but we hope, you know, maybe Spurs will do something in January. I think they should do. Maybe just to, to see if they can push on from there with maybe the centre-half coming back and Madison as well. And just get a little bit more competition and you never know what could happen to Spurs' season. I still believe it'll be positive for them. Manchester United, too long a saga. Midfield still needs work now. It's too old, too laboured, no creativity, lacking any fire, um, no discipline in the midfield. It's all over the place. They need wide players. They desperately, for me, need a right and left wide player. If you can have one, have two who, who are going to give you opportunities and Manchester United haven't got that. The white players don't make enough opportunities for the man in the middle. Um, become very selfish, I would say, in certain ways um, as wide players. But anyway, thank you very much for asking me to do this. And all the best to Spurs for the rest of the season. And I mean that. Jamie, let's come to you. You you said that earlier about Eric Ten Hag looking sad. Of course, a former player won the Premier League twice with Manchester United, Paul Parker. Um, you know, talking about Manchester United there um, and then saying about Spurs, you never know what's going to happen. Um, it, it, it must be quite painful, you know, a player to, to win trophies at Man United talking like that about his old club. Yeah, yeah. And I think you see it with, obviously, the others like Gary Neville. You know, it, it must be, it is really, really hard. We know, like we're Spurs fans, we know probably more than they do, and maybe we're a bit more used to it. But yeah, it, it, you know, because I think you look at that last team that Fergie won the league with, he had no right to win anything with that team. And if it, and if he, if you'd have given that team to any of the other the managers that followed him, God knows where they'd have ended up. You know, but he created such a a belief and spirit in that club. And like we have got now, what we're talking about, that flow, and, and Angie's talking about the, the link between upstairs and dugout um, and that sort of harmony. You know, I don't want to get carried away because it's still early days, but the way it's going now, you know, that's that's what they had. You mm -hmm. know, Fergie had such a Fergie had such a handle on um, 
on transfers. You know, he made massive decisions. You know, he's he's getting rid of Yapstam. Do you remember? I never forget when he got rid of Yapstam. That is Yapstam, probably the best centre half in the world at the time, in in his peak, not not dipping off. But Yapstam annoyed him, so boom, he was out the door. You know, selling points at that time, selling selling those big players, getting rid of those players, and also equally having players that left that club and you realise how average they were. Your Wes Browns, you know, uh, John O'Shea, all of these guys who won Park, Park Ji-sung. He picked Park Ji-sung in all those massive Champions League games. He never missed the Champions League. Darren Fletcher never missed the Champions League game. Park Ji-sung goes to QPR, then he goes somewhere else and he's, he's not the same player. So mm-hmm. you've, got, you've gone from that to this invincible team that were never, ever beaten. Fergie time is a whole is a whole invention named after a manager. That's the kind of influence. Yeah. So you've got you've gone there and you are not even not even in the same league, and and no no sign of it coming back. You know, not even a Liverpool when Liverpool fell from grace a little bit, and they went to Sunes and they tried you know signing Neil Ruddock and Jim Dix and all these. There was still Liverpool there. They still had little moments. They still, you know, the, the, it was still Liverpool. The fans were still there. Man, this Man United thing is just in free fall. And Radcliffe hopefully is going to come in and, for their sake, make some changes. But I can't, I just can't see it. They've just completely lost their way. Jamie, you've already given a score prediction 2 1 Spurs. I'm also agreeing with you 2 1 Spurs. I'm going to go for an 87th minute uh, Werner winner. And then yes. running over to the away end, which uh, I hope, I really do hope that I witnessed that Old Trafford on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to the game, but I do expect Spurs to win this game. I know you've said 2-1. Gaz, let's get your score prediction. I'm going to go 3-1 Tottenham. Very confident. Yeah, I think that Spurs have got enough talks to go and beat Man United on Sunday. And I think that with the manager and everything that's going on off the pitch, and you can, can you imagine that training ground this week? building up to a big game, full of confidence. Confidence is so key in football. And I yep. think we can go there and get a job done. And I really do think that. Yeah, and I think the third, the goal that they get will be a consolation as well in the game. Andy, Andy, what are you going with? Um, I, I'm going to agree with you, Chris. 2-1. Uh, uh, um, my heart says 2-1. My brain saying something else. But let's, uh, let's try and be positive. What's your betting coupon going to be saying? Uh, no, I'll never bet Tottenham. Uh, I, I don't bet Tottenham. <laughs> I watched that. Yeah. Um, I can't. Uh, the Paul Parker thing was just, it was borderline suicidal. Um, I reckon uh, I'll have had odds on that. Two, three to one. After that interview, interview he'd gone to see his uh, psychiatrist or therapist. <laughs> It was, uh, oh dear, it was, yeah, I'm surprised I never heard a big bang go up under the desk. It was all right. I felt for him there, but uh, yeah, 2 1. I'll show you what, what football does to us all, eh? And, I, and I've just seen Andy, you're opening up the beers already because this podcast has gone on far too long. It, it, well, no, actually, silly as this may sound, because I, I have a heart condition, but this is actually a non alcoholic lager, and I. It's all psychological, you know. I mean, I'm out with friends now. I've got, I've got to have. I can't uh, have proper stuff, so uh, I've got to go on the phony stuff. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us again on this podcast. No. It's been an absolute delight having you here. Um, 
where can people find you and what you're up to in the acting world right now? Yeah, well, um, late spring, it'll be, I'll do Baxter versus the Bookies, my own show about an ailing, uh, <laughs> uh, fluctuating fortunes of an ailing horse racing tipster. I don't know if any of you are interested in horse racing. It's a sport that I love. Not as much as football or the, uh, uh, you know, or Tottenham. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be doing that late spring in the summer. And I'll put it out on social media and we'll see who comes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. And uh, Jamie, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, you're going to be back on with us very soon. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and what you've been up to and uh, what you've got coming up in the future. Um, well, you can find me on uh, Instagram somewhere uh, if they can be bothered. But uh, yeah, so lots going on. Had a busy year. I've got an announced, so I can I can now say that I'm I'm in the new season of House of the Dragon, which is oh, coming out summer this coming summer. Um, and I'm going back to do a bit on that because there's some reshoots because the strikes massively affected it. They couldn't rewrite anything, couldn't do anything. So there's a few uh, tweaks and stuff that are going to be doing on that. So that's coming up in the next month. Um, something else very exciting is hopefully bubbling away, which I can't say too much about. But you will be the first to know, Chris. Obviously if it comes off um yeah and that's it and uh and other than that you can find me smiling at tottenham Hotspur stadium which i haven't been out to say for a few years absolutely well jamie thanks so much for joining us gaz pleasure having you back and of course you're going to be back with us very soon as well um tell everyone about the wonderful podcast that you are majestic host uh, same old spurs pod i think you're going to have to change the name of it because you know we're going places now so it's not going to be the same old spurs it's going to be super spurs uh, <laughs> are going to wembley and lifting trophies that's what i mean so in a few years time be the same old spurs because they get used to us winning things chris each <laughs> thinking chris but yeah look um, me and Madge obviously talk sport um, host. He obviously he's everywhere. Um, yeah. we, we've been doing a podcast for a few years now. It's really, really doing well. Really enjoy it. So yeah, at same old Spurs pod across all the socials. So yeah, give us a follow. Get involved. Thank you, Gaz. Pleasure having you here again. Uh, look forward to having you back on very soon. Andy, Jamie, Gaz, thanks so much for your time. Um, looking forward to the Manchester United game, obviously, on Sunday, where Spurs will hopefully pick up three points, climb up that Premier League table, and you never, ever know what's going to happen, says Paul Parker, former Manchester United player. Uh, we look forward to uh, recording another Spurs Chat podcast on Sunday, straight after the Manchester United game. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.